Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast presented by HypeBot.com. Yes, I got it. Yes. Time. Didn't forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> we love HypeBot. We do. It's just a whole new routine for us. Yeah, it is. This. It really is. Um, so I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing this morning, Jay? Great, Michael. Thanks. So... Flying by the seat of our pants today. We were supposed to have a guest. Didn't get confirmation from the publicist on it. So um, you threw out an interesting article for us today. Why don't you yeah. uh, kick it off? Sure. I was. Uh, I love Medium. Um, you know, they have a lot of great articles there. And um, one of them that caught my eye was from a writer named Lucy Watson. And um, I hadn't heard of her before and hadn't seen her work. But I really enjoyed the article. Um it's it's called how can I get on Spotify's playlists, and we've talked about this before. And um, she explained some things um, that I think bear repeating if you've heard them before. And it might you know it might give you a little bit of insight as to some things that you can do that may not be super obvious to kind of uh, increase your chances of being tested and added on Spotify playlists. Yeah, she's got. Um Seven, I don't know if you'd call them tips, seven action items um, for improving your chances of getting added to Spotify playlists. And yeah. and and I think, and these are really good and they're worth listening to, but I, I would like to preface everything by saying there is, and we've said this many times before, there's no clear-cut single take this action and you're going to get added to play. Yeah, there's different paths for different, you know, whether you're a major, whether you're an indie, whether you're signed, you're not signed, you have a management production deal. There's different paths for everyone. But if I could, let me just read just like this first little paragraph because I, th I think this sets it up pretty well. It says, for some context, Spotify is currently leading the streaming market with 50 million subscribers and 100 million active users in over 60 territories. It's pretty impressive. There are over 2 billion, with a B, playlists on Spotify owned and operated by everyday users, brands, independent curators, official curators, and the millions of algorithmically based playlists that um, reset weekly, Discover Weekly, Daily Mix. And let me just add to that that, yeah, there's a lot of curators, but it's definitely – you know, leans towards the Spotify curated side. It's, you know, they've done that on purpose. And then the last little bit I'll add is that she says, of these 2 billion playlists, there are a significant number of featured playlists managed by Spotify curators that have a following in the thousands to millions. And securing a spot on one of these playlists has been known to dramatically boost, <laughs> yeah, an unknown artist's profile and stream count. So, that kind of sets it up. We all know how important Spotify playlists are. I mean, playlists on any platform are are important, but we're just going to focus on Spotify today. So, you know, she had a few points, as you mentioned. And the first one I think we should kind of talk about is, number one, it says, find your tribe. And I think that's super important. What, what did that say to you when you saw that? Well, like, you know, I kind of... I, when I hear find your tribe, I think differently than what she defined it as here. Okay. As, as an artist, when I hear find your tribe, that's like, all right, go out and find your fans. Go out and find those people who are going to like you, help you, and support you. And this is not really about going out and finding those fans. What she is saying is surround yourself with people who have your vision and want to get involved in your success. Yeah. Um, and, and that 
and she's referring to PR, distribution, visual artist, etc., um, which is very, it, it, it's a spot on point. Um, I might have worded it a little differently than find your tribe, find your team, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yes, you, you know, if you're going to go out and release something, you need people who are going to work with you who believe in your vision, who are there to support your vision. Um, if they aren't, go find somebody else. There's plenty right. of people out there. You want a team that's excited about what you're releasing, that's excited about the potential of what could be done, what you want to do, um, because that means yeah. they're just going to be excited to work with you. That's right. And I think it starts with the very basics. It can be your friends, your family, your coworkers, you know, and I think you, you had mentioned team and what popped into my head was street team. Um, you know, that becomes your, your army, your street team, and then you can grow from there. Um, but you have to have what you just mentioned, people who have your best interests in mind and whether it's, you know, family, friends that are, you know, attorneys or booking agents or, you know, friends of the family that are, you know, club owners or, you know, you'd be surprised that in your sphere, especially with social media, you may have a lot of contacts or your close friends may have a lot of contacts um, and you need to get that kind of on paper, you know, these kind of people that can help you, whether it's with PR, whether it's to help you across the board, um, and use that street team, um, because that's where it all starts. Yeah, and, and um, just remember, the tribe of your fans is going to be equally important throughout this whole thing. But uh, her, first, her first action item was find your tribe that will work with you, help you support your goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, her second one, which we've talked about many times, is get verified on Spotify. Yeah. And and just recently, I want to say within the last week, maybe, um, Spotify made changes to their artist portal, Spotify for Artists, which is making it much easier to get verified, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, what I would say is get verified, but make sure you are at least go find your portal page. Yeah. Go look at your portal page because yeah. it, it, it has some really great information, but specially related to playlists here. It's going to show you a long list, hopefully a long list of playlists that you've got songs added in. Who, yeah. What playlists are they? It'll show you if it's an official Spotify playlist. It'll show you if it's... You know, Joe, Joe Smith living across town, and he's got six followers. It gives you all this information. It's going to give you how many plays that playlist is giving your song, how many people are in that play. Go in there and look at your Spotify for Artists portal page. Yeah, and to that point, that, that's absolutely spot on. Make sure that your images there are what you want, that they're correct. You've it's got a couple very, of images it's there. It's very easy to update those images. Yep. So so when a, a user lands on your, on your Spotify artist page, you've got a header image. You can change that just like you can change header images on Twitter and Facebook. You've got a profile photo. That's you can right. change those photos. Make sure, those are, make sure all of that is part of your... She talks about this down the road, but when you do a, a, a digital update of everything because you've got a new single or a new album coming out, make sure you update Spotify. I think because it's so fairly new, 
it's not on the radar of a lot of artists. That's right. Or yeah. artists assume their record label's taking care of it. And man, I can't tell you how many artist pages, even major artists, have a default black and white, old photo. Up there is your profile. Previous release. Previous releases. Um, there's a lot you can do. So, yes, get verified by Spotify. But what I would say is just overall become much more familiar with your portal page. When I mean portal page, it's not your consumer-facing page. It's not the page where you go to to listen to all of your music. You have an admin backend for your artist. You have to claim it. But once you've claimed it, you need to use that admin page because there's a lot of stuff you can do in there. Yeah, get verified. You can build your own playlists. You can put information there. You can message your fans. It's it's a great thing, so make sure that you do that. That's number two. So the third one, I thought this was interesting. She says, remind yourself that there's a world of consumers to be captured outside of Spotify. And yeah, that that's really true. Um, I think you kind of have to tie the two together and you just kind of touched on it. When you're looking at your social footprint, when you're looking at all of your online marketing, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, bands in town, Spotify, I mean, all of these things need to be consistent. And I think it's part and parcel of having a complete picture, but she's absolutely right. I mean, you do need to look outside of just Spotify. You know, number one was find your tribe. Number two is get verified and make sure everything's update. And then number three, you know, reach out to the rest of that whole social footprint. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it, it, it's got to all be tied in together. So, and, and, and what I mean by that is if you post a video on YouTube, that video can promote your Spotify channel. You can put a link in that description. You can you can put you know um, end credits, opening credits that direct your your fans to go to Spotify. Um, think about it in that sense. Use all of this other world to drive people to Spotify if that's if that's what you want to do. Yeah, and um, you know. One thing to keep in mind is you may want to make it easy for yourself. You can create um, simple redirects using your URL to send people to Spotify. You know, you yeah. could you could have if you own artist.com, jgilbert.com, well, you could create a redirect that's jgilbert.com slash Spotify, and it just automatically sends the person to the correct Spotify page. And that makes it, easier for you to put into descriptions it makes it easier for you to communicate it verbally um you know people have a hard time remembering urls and and if you stick with your branding all the time that's just another another plus for you agreed and i think that brings up an interesting uh question for folks And and i get this sometimes when you're posting to facebook Twitter, and even putting your descriptions in YouTube, you have limited space uh, sometimes. And I always believe that there should be uh, a link in there, whether it's subscribe to my newsletter, whether it's check out my YouTube channel, whether it's, you know, here is my music on Spotify, uh, connect with Apple Music, with Deezer, Naps, or whatever it is. I tend to think that you know, when you're posting to your socials, 
um, don't just post a, a picture of you know the event, uh, the show, the signing, the whatever it is. Make sure that there's some kind of a link that those who are interested and want to learn more and want to hear more that you make it easy for them. Make it a one-click thing so they don't have to go searching because people, you know, they're they they're have very lazy. limited attention span. They're yeah. Lazy. Um, and 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 what I what I love to do is actually rotate links. Because, listen, you want to push Spotify, you want to push iTunes, you want to push Amazon, you might want to push Apple Music, you might want to push YouTube. So just have all of these links handy. And when you make a post today, it's about driving people to Spotify. And when you post tomorrow, it's the iTunes link. And when you post yeah. two days from now, it's a, a YouTube link. And it's an email subscribe link. Uh, you know, change it up. Change it up. Send your fans to these different places that you want them to become familiar with. If all you do is drive them to one place and one place only, you're never going to get any attention to the rest of your properties. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned something there I think is really key. You, you said have it handy. And what I do for every one of my artists is I create a text file, and that way you only have to look up all the links once. When the IG tr tracks go live, you capture those, you put it in your, your text um, file. Then when the album pre-order goes up, those links go in there. When, when things are live, when there's videos, then when you're doing a social post, you have that in a folder, maybe with some images, yep, some whatever it paste. is, copy and paste. You don't have to reinvent the wheel each time because think about it, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you have to go out and find links every single time, you're probably not going to spend as much time uh, posting. It becomes arduous. Um, just take that little advice. Take that little text file. Keep track by artist of all of your links. You'll thank me later. And if you're going to be lazy and just keep posting one link over and over again, I would advise you to post your website URL over and over again. But make sure on your website, homepage, landing page, you have above the fold, before people have to scroll down, links to everything iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, YouTube, Instagram, Bands in every, Town, Bands SoundCloud, in Town, everything. Every, everything. Nice links right across the very Good top advice. of the page. That yeah. way, if you're driving everybody back to your website all the time, at least they can hopefully pick which destination they want to go to once they land there. Yeah, make it easy for people. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I love it when I'm trying to find something. Because sometimes even on Facebook, because your band name may be a common word or another product or something, sometimes it's not even easy to find the right person on Facebook or the right artist. Man, you go to their website, there's that Facebook link, boom. Now you have the right one and you can bookmark it. I think that's really good advice. Yep. Um, her action item number four kind of ties in and almost could be part of number three. It's have you got PR? Um, PR is clearly very important in this day. And, and misunderstood. Still, but you, you need to use it the right way. Um, I still see a lot of artists who just think they just have to do a press release announcing their new album. And that's not the right way to do it. Um, and we're not going to get into the right and wrong ways of doing PR in this discussion. Maybe that can be a future episode. But keep in mind when you're use when you are putting together a, a press release, you can use that to promote Spotify playlists that you have. You can yeah. promote third party playlists 
if you've gotten added to somebody who was a pretty significant playlist, maybe that's part of the, the press release. Um, you can promote your own playlist. You can promote your own Spotify channel. You know, there's nothing that says you have to drive people to iTunes to buy. You could use the press release to drive people to Spotify and stream. Yeah, absolutely. It's revenue. And, and I think PR is super important. I don't think it's for everyone initially. If you're a brand new act, you know, PR can cost money. You know, um, a typical indie PR person is $3,000, $5,000 a month. But when you get to that point, I, I think it's a must. Um, I really do because I've seen it in action. I've worked with great PR uh, agents, you know, like uh, Amanda Kagan over at ABC, um, works for some classic rock heritage people, but also new developing. And when you see what they can do when they have, you know, um, features on the right sites um, and interviews with the right people, it really makes a big, big difference, um, I think, when setting up a record. But, you know, you need to kind of grow into that and get there. You know, like I said, it's not for everybody. And maybe you have um, some basic things that you can do when you get your bio together and your images together. And then like you talked about a moment ago, uh, Michael, you know, when you get that press release together, some of those things you can do yourself initially, but go out and look at professionally done uh, press releases because there's a there's a method to the madness. There's a style that goes along with it that um, publications are used to seeing. So if you're going to send that to the Huffington Post or you're going to send that to your favorite blogs or websites or news outlets, you want it to look pro and you want it to be consistent with what they're getting from professional outlets. Yeah, you know, I kind of advise clients is when you write your press release, write it in such a way that if it lands in somebody's inbox, they could take that press release, a link to your music, a link to your video, and the photo that was attached, and put it in their publication with a little tweaking and a little editing to it and make it look like an original story. The, again, uh, nothing against writers, but they can be lazy too. You know, yeah. they, they, you know, they're not all going to call back and go, hey, this is great. I want to do an interview and I want original content. A lot of them might just say, I've got space and I'll throw you in right now because the timing was right. But I just am going to copy and paste your press release and your photo and you're going in. And there you go. Make it easy. Don't complain. That's great. Hey. That's great. But make sure your, your press release works that way. Yeah. works to become an article on its own and, and things to help, you know, put some quotes in there that they can use so it sounds like they interviewed you. Make sure you've got all the appropriate links in there so they know where to link to right away. Because, yeah, you might, not might, I guarantee you, if you're getting press, every day you've got a Google News alert coming in, you're going to go, where did that article come from? Yeah. That's good advice. I've got a client who noticed that his streams were really high outside of the U.S. and not really high in the U.S., and he wanted to kind of address that on a PR level. So one of the things he did was created um, a recording, and basically it was him answering the questions, but the question that was being asked – he would let whoever was doing that ask the question, and it's it's a, you know it's, it's an it's, old thing, it, but it's, it works. it's an old record label 
trick. I've got I've got vinyl albums in my collection. I, one of them that I remember is like an REO Speedwagon one where yeah, it's it's a vinyl album and of each, answers. Each track is a different band member answering a question and the radio stations get this album and a sheet of paper with the questions and the DJ Ask the question, hey, Kevin, so talk to me about the new album. Drops the needle, and Kevin answers Boom. the question. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a live interview is going on yeah. right there. And it gives them a sense of ownership. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's, a, there's lots of things you can do. So that's have you got PR. Yep. Um, number five is do a digital health check. And I saw this. Uh, well, I thought of this a little differently than maybe she did, but she has some things that are really important and that I think a lot of people miss. And one of them, she talks about thanking people. Um, so if somebody writes you, so but people forget, right? If somebody adds you to a playlist, give them a shout out. Hey, Michael Branville just added me to his rock playlist. Hey, thanks, Michael. And post that. You know, and make sure that they're tagged in it. You know, when you get added to a playlist or if you get a nice review um, or somebody comes out to your show or joins you on stage, I mean, whatever it is, when somebody does something nice for you, don't just thank them there personally, thank them publicly. I I have talked to more than a handful of of media people from various media sources who it seems like their number one complaint is, I take the time to write this article, to review the new release, to share a video, to add them to a playlist, because they asked me to do this, and I actually liked it, and I wrote something original, and I give it back to them when I've posted it in the blog or my Facebook page or whatever, and then the artist never does anything with it again. That drives writers, that drives media people crazy. Trust me, it drives them batshit crazy to the point where some of them are like, I'm never working with this artist again. It makes a difference. It pissed me off so much. I spent three hours on the phone with them. I took half a day to write, transcribe and write up this great article. I posted it, I promoted it, and then they won't share it on their Facebook page. They won't put it on their website. They won't send out a tweet. It pisses them off so much. Don't do that. It's nothing for you to share a link, to say thank you. They may not acknowledge it. That's not the point. You don't you're not resharing it to get them to re-acknowledge it and get into a deep conversation. It's the right thing to you're do. You're just you know, I have a yeah. saying, show some love. Yeah. Couldn't what do you got what do you gotta do to show some love to that person? That's all you gotta do. Just retweet, just link to it, just share it. Trust me, please do that. Yeah. You, Celebrate you, you, those little you victories. Make those Say thank you. So happy even the smallest ones don't ignore the small little blog that's got 100 readers share it doesn't matter agree yeah um but part part of that digital to me digital health check also means um making sure your digital world is just in order yeah you know because again when when somebody wants to support you um Make sure what they're linking to is proper. 
you know, they're going to pull a link off of Google or your website and make sure it's it's working. Make sure it's the right link. Make sure it's the right album that you're linking to in iTunes. It's not their job to verify and let you know something is wrong. Some of them yeah. might, but a digital health check means before you start going down this road of pushing and promoting, make sure your house is completely in order so when somebody right. walks in, it just looks good. Yeah, and you mentioned something I think is really key, and that is check your links. And and even more importantly than that, and I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but when your song goes up on whatever for pre-order or you're just sharing it or whatever, go in and click play and listen to it from start to finish. You might find that it's perfect, or you might find that it's a previous version that shouldn't have been there, or you might find there's noise or there's clicks. or I mean, we, we hear this all the time, even with professionals that have been doing this all of their lives. Don't leave anything to chance. If you're up on Spotify, iTunes, you know, Amazon, you, you, whatever, you, you, you get added, it. You get added to that playlist that's got 100,000 followers. You know, you're at the starting gate. Then you can't all of a sudden go back. Spot, hey, Spotify, can you correct that and and redo it all over again? Trust me, it's not. Nothing's going to change. They're not yeah. going to change anything for you. So make yeah. sure what you got up there, what they're working with, is correct. Yeah. Um, you know, number six, she says, tell your story, and yeah. I mean, that's I'm a it, big fan of this. I do a lot of videos with artists, you know, where what, what I always say is, what is the narrative? Every single meeting that I have, the first thing we tackle, you know, is why would anybody, you know, want to listen to this? What is the narrative? Tell me the story. If you had, you know, a 30 second elevator version, what, what is the story behind this? And then once you kind of establish that, and that usually comes from the artist, then you can do things like little, you know, videos. They can even be an iPhone video or whatever. It doesn't have to be 4K, but I think that that's super compelling. I love track-by-track track interviews. I'll even watch those if they're short, if they're brief, on artists that I'm not super crazy about because I find them interesting, like what inspired a certain song or who played on it, how it came to be. Track-by-tracks, um, track, things about like how the album came about or what's new with the band, you know, that narrative. You can capture those things on video and then piecemeal those things out on social, and it just helps to engage the fans, yeah, I think. Uh, you know, I've repeated this many, many times over the years. Releasing new music is not your story. Just because you recorded a new album, that's not your story. That's, that works for a small <laughs> handful of artists. Like five. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the Beyonce, Drake. And you could even argue whatever. it at this point, does it even matter for them? But, yeah. you know, the Rolling Stones, Beyonce, Drake, Kanye, U2, you know, some sure. Paul McCartney, just them saying I'm doing a new album is going to get them a story. But everybody else, sorry, you're, I hate to break it to you, but your music isn't the story. The story is what is in the music, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it will sense. drive what, people to your music. What, why did you record this album? What inspired you to do that single? What, what is, why is this important? And, and that's important because when you're reaching out and trying to present tracks to somebody to add to a playlist, that adds a little bit more to why exactly. this is 
okay, I, I, I like this, but wow, I get why you did this now. You told me the story behind how this was recorded and how long it took and yeah. the, the pitfalls you went through. Wow, my heart goes out to you. I'm adding it to my playlist. Done. Yeah. Yeah, and the same thing on the press side. Put yourself, like I have a friend, Mike, who writes for uh, Huffington Post and does a lot of music stuff there, and he, he's awesome. But think, put yourself in Mike's shoes. You get a press release or you get a phone call or what, email, whatever it is, and it says, okay, um, we've got this new record coming out. Well, he's got to write a story about that. Are you going to make his job hard or are you going to make his job easy? Like you were talking about making that press release. You want to hand it to him. You want to give him the narrative. You, you want, want to give, to give him, him a finished story. <laughs> yeah. And then that, that will inspire him to get on the phone and have an interview with you. But now he's got half of it already done. Yep. Yep. Ex exactly. Exactly. So tell your story. Think about what your story is. Stories connect with people emotionally memories feelings that's that's the story yeah the, the the story is an oh my god i just finished recording my new album and it took me a year and ten thousand dollars i'm and so it's really good and it's really good i'm sorry to tell you but that's the same story that thousands of artists it's have. just not compelling it's not compelling enough okay. um point seven get creative uh, you know it's pretty obvious yeah you know, think out of the box. I mean, you're you're pitching, you're selling your track to somebody. How? What's it going to take to get a playlist owner to add it to a playlist? What's it going to take to get your fans to add it to their own playlist? Never forget that many of your fans might have their own playlist on Spotify, and yeah, there might be one person following their playlist. Don't don't write that off. If they can yeah. add it and everybody else starts adding it, that's data. And we should talk about before, you know, for uh, up, up on top of her article here, she talks about that. Spotify sees all of that. It's all data. Yeah. Spotify goes, oh my God, this person added it to a playlist. This person, at, all of a sudden, it's like a hundred people added this song to a playlist today. Yeah. And they also look at tastemakers. They look at people who are kind of ahead of the curve, and that can help. There are places where you can find um, the kind of great music blogs that you should be submitting music to. But one of the things she mentions here that I thought was really interesting was she said, think outside of the box. And the first thing that popped into my head was sometimes you have to do things that are a little bit different. Like for example, years ago, um, we, we were working on a, a Peter Frampton instrumental record. And I know some people would go, oh my God, an instrumental record. What, you know, what are you going to do with that? Well, Peter's a very respected guitar player. So I worked with the publisher and got the sheet music, the tablature. Um, and for the first 3000 downloads from iTunes, you got sheet music with it. No one had ever done that before. And it went on to win a Grammy, and I'm certainly not taking credit in any way for that, but I'm saying that sometimes you just need to do things that haven't really been done before. Um, maybe you have, like I had a friend who was an animator, and we were putting together a Ron White campaign, and we had him do this like little cartoon you know, of him cracking one of his jokes. Um, Try to think outside the box a little bit, and if you need inexpensive help, I would recommend 
you know, going on to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. There are people there that do voiceovers and animation and logos and all sorts of things for five bucks, you know, as the starting point. But of course, you know, you can, you can pay a little bit more, but it's not out of reach to do things that are maybe a little bit, you know, that haven't really been done every single release. Yep. Yep. I, I, I think one thing that doesn't happen a lot is when it comes to Spotify playlists, I think you definitely have to be direct and ask your fans to add this song to their playlist. And don't skip it, don't, <laughs> whatever yeah, you do. Yeah, because, and listen, there's a lot. Yeah, there's always been a lot of talk in social media. You don't ask for... Don't ask for a share. Don't ask for a like. Don't ask for a comment. You want it to come naturally. The difference here is fans don't understand Spotify quite yet like they've un- they understand the the ecosphere of Twitter and Facebook. They don't understand the, the importance of a playlist and getting your song added to a playlist. You need to educate them, and that means saying or holding a contest you know, create a playlist, add my song to your playlist, submit your link to me somehow, and at the end of the month, I'll randomly draw somebody and you'll win an autographed guitar or something along those lines. But you have to be specific and say, please add my song. This song, yeah. this song, specific song, to a playlist you've made. Yeah. That's really important because, like I said, they the the average listener. First of all, most people may not even understand what Spotify. Period. Sure. And if you are a Spotify user, you may not be deep into playlists and understand their importance and how they work. Tell your fans why it's important to you, why they need to do this. Yeah, agreed. And I think one of the lines here mentions the quality of the music. And I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday where I had to politely let them down a little bit on the quality of what they had recorded. And here's why. In the old days, you could put out a local 45 EP album and you're competing with the other band in your town. No longer. Right now, when you put something up on any streaming service, you put it up on the web, you put it up on SoundCloud, Facebook, whatever, when you put that music up there, now you're competing with Katy Perry. Now you're competing with you know, Drake, Beyonce, Chainsmokers, whoever. It's all a level playing field right now, and it's a meritocracy, meaning that it's based on the quality of your music. No longer can you kind of get by with a local-sounding release. It's got to sound great yep um i i one one thing you had mentioned and we kind of passed over it real quickly was tell your fans not to skip your track when it hit, yeah. when it's playing and and mention why that's important yeah there spotify looks at three things mostly and some of this is algorithmically based and some of it's human based and and the quote it before i address that the quote at the bottom of this article says every piece of data that is used on spotify is driven by audience consumption we're not leading the algorithm the algorithm is being led by the consumer and that was from austin debeau senior editor at spotify so what michael's referring to is when Spotify's system and their curators and editors, are, you know, when, when they're looking at all that data automatically or manually, they're looking for 
spins, obvious, right? Is are people playing this music? Number now, two, how, they, and which is how many times does the play button get clicked for that song? Yeah, yeah, and that's super important. But even I think a little bit more importantly, once you've engaged people, is are people adding it to their personal playlist, which is a right. huge metric. And to your point a moment ago, Michael, are people skipping it? And are they listening to five, ten seconds of it and then then skipping? Because if you get a high skip rate, you, number one, get dropped down in the playlist if you're lucky. But more often than not, you're you're out sometimes, and I've seen this happen over the last week. They'll swap or they'll swap out a track, like one track from the album won't be performing. And again, I got really lucky here. They just swapped out another track that did perform, you know. And because look at it this way, I mean, and this is sort of like Facebook's, um, you know, algorithm that decides what what posts show up in your news feed. Spotify's data. It's not a person, it's a computer, it's an algorithm, is looking at it going, gee, if most people click the the fast-forward next track button after five seconds on this tune, that means yeah. most people probably don't like this tune. Yeah. Therefore, we're not going to present this tune. I mean, it, it it's logical, it makes sense, they're looking at the data, so it's important that your fans know if they're going to play your song... Let it play all the way through to the end. Yeah. And even you, when you're checking your own stuff, let it play all the way through to the end. Yeah. Because you could inadvertently skip it when you're checking it and going, okay, it's in this playlist. I Yeah, let it play. Yeah. So, so you know, there, there's a lot of data that's going on behind the scenes in Spotify. Your fans don't know this. You need to educate them as to why it's important that they do these little things that can help you. Now, all of this, you might sit here and go, well, that doesn't tell me how to get onto a Spotify playlist. And yeah, you're right. Not directly. But, but this is stuff that you do need to have in order, ready to go, because there is no clear-cut way to pitch That's right. to get into a Spotify playlist. It just sort of happens. Yeah. And if you're yeah. watching your Spotify for Artists page, and you've got alerts set up, you'll get an email that says, hey, Spotify added your track to this playlist. What? Okay. You just got added. You didn't talk to anybody, but they picked it up. Now it's your time to run with this. Um, you know, the other thing which she kind of touched on was how, you know, in the old school radio world, there was pluggers out there, radio promoters. Because let's, let's be honest, you know, a playlist on Spotify is no different than the playlist at a radio station. You were trying to get added to a playlist. Sure, yeah. You know, getting the one spin on the weekend on a radio station is not your goal. You no. want to get added to the playlist. You want to move from low rotation to medium rotation to high rotation. Think of that in Spotify terms. You want to get added to the playlist. You want to get moved from the bot. Keep And remember this. When somebody adds you to their playlist, by default, you're at the bottom of their playlist. They may have 500 tracks on that playlist. You are now the bottom track. How many people are going to play all the way through to track 500? That's low rotation. Your goal is to get your track, have that playlist owner manually drag you to the top of their playlist. 
so you get played the first time somebody hits play on that playlist. That's You're right. going to get a lot more spins that way. So, you know, in the, in, in the good old days in radio, you hired somebody who went out and plugged and shook hands and, you know, payola in the old days and, and you know, got you radio airplay. Um, that world uh, sort of exists. There's a couple players out there that do it. Um, I think what she's yeah. very she's very clear on on this, and this is a good point. Anybody who guarantees getting you added to a playlist, it can't be done. Yeah, you and I have been down this road. I've tried four different companies multiple times um, to see if it worked, to see if it you could do it. They'll claim. Uh, that they have a weekly meeting with Spotify. They'll claim that they can get you into key playlists. But at the end of the day, um, what I've found is that they typically have their own playlists with very few followers that they can get you into. But as far as those key playlists that really drive spins, that really have a lot of followers, I've never seen one uh, that could get even even close to that. Um, so if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but as we Listen, touched on... Listen, I would love it if there was a service uh, out there that could help get get yeah. songs into playlists. Believe me, I'd, I'd be lying up going, if you can help this in a, a serious way, we, yeah. will, we will be there, we will hire you. Um, it's just... It, it, it's not a simple matter of paying somebody no. and you get added to a playlist... Yeah, it just doesn't um, work. It just it just doesn't work. The you, you know, if you've got some specific questions about playlist promotion, feel free to hit Jay or myself up offline. We'd be happy to chat with you about our experiences with it. It's just not there yet. It's just yeah. not and, and and I think everybody wants something. It's just keep in mind streaming is so new. It's changing all the time. You know, the whole concept, of, and we've talked about this in, in older episodes, the concept of payola in radio. Payola is illegal in radio, but right now, because of loopholes and the way the payola law was written, it's not really illegal in streaming. Yeah, and Spotify is kind but of Spotify fighting that. Spotify so doesn't want it. they're pushing those to the side, right? If you, It used to be that user-curated playlists on Spotify... Um, were front and center, and they were easy to find and get through. Now they're not. It's Spotify curated playlists that are front and center, and you can find user curated playlists, but it's not as easy. And I think they've kind of helped to kind of quell some of that pay for play, which right. I'm happy to see. And to be honest with you, um, as someone who supports and promotes artists, there's something I think dignified about the way that. Apple Music, Spotify, Napster, Deezer, the way that they, and, and even Amazon, uh, I, I like that it's that meritocracy that we talked about. If it's a great track, whether you're an indie or a major, um, you're going to have a lot better luck with it. I think one of the other things that she doesn't mention in here is that one of the things that I've found that really helps people get into playlists is... Number one, letting 
the DSP know, like Spotify, digital service provider, let them know early on that you're recording an album. Give them an early listen to the album. If you're anywhere near where their offices are, you know, invite them out to shows. Get them engaged, involved, and give them a sense of ownership as early as humanly possible. You don't want to go out after the, the album's out and say, hey, I think this song would be good on you know rap caviar or whatever i can tell you from my experience with spotify and and even apple music is you would think that you could go after them and say i want this and these three playlists that's not how it works they want to hear the great track they'll they'll decide what playlists make the most sense with maybe the possible exception of lifestyle playlists like chill morning drive dinner music workout that sort of thing there's a little bit more leeway there but you just want to have your job is to have the greatest song possible and all of your digital activity in line and i think great things will happen yeah yeah yep Good, good, good discussion good, from uh, yeah. Lucy Watson. I'm going to reach out to her and thank her for the post and just for no other reason than to stir the conversation because I think there, there's a lot of great stuff here to talk about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, do we want to do another you need help with your online social yeah. media? Yeah, I think we should. Do you have one or do you want me to? Um, if you, if you, I think I did one last week, so if you've got one handy, go for it. Otherwise, I can throw one out. Well, there's a couple of things. One, I noticed a lot this week that a couple of my um, – they're they're not my artists, but they're friends um, that are artists – have been posting for specific dates um, across all of their socials. And if I'm seeing that, if I'm looking at somebody's socials and they're playing a date in, you know, I don't know where, like New York, well, it's not being live-streamed. Um, I'm in LA, you know, I think that if you're going to post, um, shows individually where you're not putting like the whole tour itinerary there, that maybe you want to do some targeted, um, advertising or posts as opposed to, you know, when you're, when you're telling people that you're playing in New York and 99% of your audience isn't in New York, you know, that isn't interesting to them. But if you have a great review when you played New York, you know, that might be a little bit more compelling. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think the takeaway is familiarize yourself with how to geo-target posts. It's not hard. Especially in Facebook. It's extremely easy. If you're, we talked about Bands in Town a week ago, a couple weeks ago. If you're using Bands in Town, it will automatically geo-target to regions if you've got that setting correct, yeah. um, but a general Facebook post doesn't geo-target by default. It goes to the world. So but you think, control that, right? You, you can you can click the little icon in the bottom there and say, here's where I want to geo-target, country, state, city, the radius. You can yeah, specify the radius. all of this. You just I, mentioned the radius. You can go, I just want it 60 miles around this. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Why waste so, your money pushing a show? Well, it's not even wasting your. You may not spend the money, True. but you you will get. If you make a post to the world for a show in Philadelphia, that post is going to get pretty low engagement because most of the world doesn't care. That's right. And when Facebook sees a low engagement, that's going to hurt you 
moving forward because they think nobody cares about all of your posts. So geotarget that post to only the region of people who would care. So the engagement happens and it's not going to hurt you moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So if, 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 if you don't understand how to use geotargeting in Facebook, you need help with your online strategy. Yep. Awesome. Good conversation. This yeah, week. good chat. Um, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We are out of here. As always, we love to hear your comments. Hit us back if you've got any questions. Yep. And go and check out HypeBot. HypeBot.com. We'll see you next week.